Yep. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Okay, let's pray for Sim. Father, thank you for, uh, for this man in business in the city. Thank you for the, the witness that he is to the community that he serves in. And thank you for the blessing that we see uh, you bestowing on him and on his family. And we, uh, we thank you for him as he uh, takes responsibility for looking after this part of your church. So this morning, speak through him and let's give him freedom and uh, great authority in what he shares with us. Amen. Amen. So it's great, isn't it, praying for other people's business? Yes, as long as they're not in competition with me. <laughs> Actually, I don't mind competition. I think it's helpful to have that. And, um, uh, you know, one of my policies has been... <laughs> that was a pun. I work in insurance. Um, it was a non-deliberate pun, I hasten to add. Um, has, has been never to slate a broker that I'm in competition with. Because you're never aware of the advice that they've given. You can only see um, uh, what, what policies somebody has taken out. But you never know the conversations or what somebody has agreed to. So I've always... It's been my policy never to slate people. And uh, if I lose business, I don't fall out with people. Um, uh, I always like to leave a door open. Just uh, on what Henry was sharing, Steph, um, HT, now works in one of our businesses. And just to say, what he was talking about, she's brought into our office. She's changed the atmosphere. Um, I, and I want to honor her for doing that. Um, in... In our setting, she's made a huge difference, unbelievable difference. Can't tell you the detail, but it's amazing. So thank you, Steph. But God wants to do that for all of us, whether we're a forklift truck driver like Neil or whether we're a business consultant like Ian and Michael and others, whether we run our own little antiques business and we're wheeling and dealing like Caroline or whether... (laughs) So if you need any furniture, she's the play. If you want to get rid of anything, she's the lady. And um, so I'm going to talk about, um, and my first thing is to apologize to Becky and and the whole new um, uh, template. Because I had the template. Um, I didn't have time to get it to Alison, who would have put it nice and neatly on the new template. Um, so I had to do my own. I failed miserably. Thank you. Um, uh, I'm going to talk about big people using their faith. And I will start by trying to describe what faith is. And I mean trying to describe what faith is. Because I suppose in my journey, um, I understood probably what faith was much more clearly in my 20s than I do now approaching 50. That's because we change. And as we grow in God, we, we, we realize it's more of a mystery than we ever thought when we first became a Christian and God began to work on us then. So I'm talking out of the context of some things I know, some things are a complete mystery to me, but yet I'm happy to live in the mystery of it. Um, and then I, so I want to help us um, look at faith and it will provide you with more questions probably the answer, than answers but it probably will provide you with some something that makes you go oh yeah I knew that 
And it's because you know it deep inside your heart. And when, when people teach or preach and it resonates with you, suddenly it, it, you go, oh yeah, I knew that. It's already there. Uh, other times it might make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. And that's okay too. Because sometimes we've grown up with our understanding. And sometimes our understanding has been correct or right. But other times it's not. And that irritates us when somebody doesn't agree with us. It irritates me when people don't agree with me. And um, so, and then I, I, I want to talk about some practical ways we use our faith. Even the title I struggle with in, in this talk, and I'll come on to to that because I was given this title, so I'm even struggling with that. So just so you know, and um, and then um, I want to share in the context of what's going on in my life some of the things God's speaking to me that I'm having to walk in faith about, and then I'm going to give an opportunity for people to respond in a specific area. All right, which is just out of the context of me. So some of it might be difficult. I don't know why at the moment. Every time I come to church, I want to cry. Yeah, like you did. But it, it does at the moment, and it, maybe I'll share some of the things, the reasons why. Anyway, I was invited to youth. Ruth and I were to be quizzed about anything and everything, really. Um, and... The, one of the first questions was, Sim and Ruth, what's your favorite biblical verse? What's your favorite verse in the Bible? And um, I suppose there are lots, but the one I uh, rounded upon was this. Um, if you can go to this, Liz, please, it would be great. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And um, that, that verse as a young man became really important to me because I tried really hard to be a good Christian. I was pretty rubbish at it. Um, as a teenager, I'd go to different events like Soul Survivor, but Soul Survivor wasn't there then. Or So they would be local events or national events. And it, my desire was to follow Jesus. That was my heart's desire. And I'd make a commitment. It would last a couple of weeks. And then I found myself going back to what I was like previously. I, w- I wasn't very good at stopping certain things and, and so my language was not very good, and um, my propensity to steal was not very good. And um, uh, so I, you know, there were different things that, that you know, I struggled with, which will be different to other people's struggles. Um, but I, I found that, I, you know, you're meant to, aren't you, read your Bible and pray every day as a Christian. I was not very good at that as a teenager. You know, those are the things, probably some of you are going, yeah, I still struggle with that now. But um, 
I thought there were certain things that I had to live up to. And this verse, as I began to read about faith and um, had got filled with the Holy Spirit myself, meant much to me because I realized I'm dead. The life that I now lead, to lead the Christian life, I can't do as Simeon a Chapman. Because he was not very good at that. The faith that I now need is not faith that I can work up, but his faith. Faith. You can translate this verse, if you look further back, into the faith of the Son of God. Jesus' faith that he gives to me enables me to live. And what I understood was that Jesus wanted to live his life through me in wherever I was, in whatever capacity I lived out my life. His faith through me. Now, you might even question, why would he ever want me? I question that. And you might question that about yourself. He's not asking you to be like him. He wants to place his self in you to make you more like him. That's why that verse meant massive things to me. I understood it's his faith, not my faith. And that he loved me tons, which is really helpful. Faith. Um, A definition for you. Um, Next slide, please, Liz. Um, Hebrews 1, Hebrews Hebrews 11 um, is is kind of known in... um, the world as the great faith chapter. We'll look at one or two bits and pieces of it. But um, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And um, in Luke says, So the Lord has said, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, Be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would Obey you. So, um, faith is grounded in hope. And hope is not, as I um, explained a little, at Neil's um, Thanksgiving or the service at the crematorium. We, it's, it's an anchor to, to us Christians. It's not, I hope, United win on Saturday against Wolves, but they didn't. You, you know, it's a speculative hope. Ours is a certain hope, the evidence of things unseen. Now, in itself, that's very confusing to our minds because... Um, How can there be evidence of something unseen? And faith as well is so dynamic, we only need a mustard seed of it. Just a little bit. Not a lot. A mustard seed that we, each one of us, could say to a mountain, move, and it moves. Can we generate this Faith ourselves, I wonder. 
can <laughs> is it subject to us? Those are some of the questions I have concerning faith. And then questions like, are there different types of faith? Faith to live, and then faith for specific areas of need in our life, or for miracles. And we'll come on to some of those scriptures of those concerning those things. What it, it shows to me that it's, a, it's, it's quite a mystery in how faith works in our lives. And then there's faith and belief, isn't there? So how does faith and belief work together? Belief, to me, and so these are just some of my musings, is more about our mind. And choosing to believe something or not. We can be cynical, can't we? But we also know that belief affects faith. Jesus couldn't do certain miracles in his hometown because of their unbelief. So unbelief affects the atmosphere that enables faith to work. Does that make sense? So our minds, what we choose to believe, or what we might choose to be cynical about, affects the atmosphere of faith. Or the ground, or the earth, which with faith can be planted into our lives. But we only need a little bit of it to move a mountain. The tiniest amount. So when, here's one of the things. So when things don't happen, there isn't that seed of faith there. Mark chapter 5. Jesus um, had spent considerable time teaching crowds of people and he spoke to people in parables. He told them stories and he spoke in parables. Uh, Verse 35 of Mark chapter 5. On the same day when evening has come, he said to them, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. Now when they left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves waves, uh, beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Uh, You can read the story in Matthew 14 and Luke 25. Interestingly, they report it slightly differently. Uh, Here in Mark, it says, uh, how do you have no faith? In Matthew, he reports, Jesus said, Um, you have little faith, and Luke, where is your faith? Ever been in conversations where people report stuff slightly differently, (laughs) depending on what they hear? The message 
that came to me as I mused those three different, rather than looking for, maybe he didn't say that at all, was what was absolutely clear, that there was no faith present in that boat, in the disciples, to stop that storm. Whether there was little faith, or no faith, or where is it? The faith resided in Jesus. And all that was needed was three little words. Peace be still. That come from him. I wonder how much time they'd spent pointing at the waves, trying to stir up. Because in, you know, in the previous, in the earlier chapters in, in Mark and Matthew, you'll see that they were sent out. They'd already done some miracle stuff. They'd been anointed. They'd already seen people healed and delivered. But so they were, I, I kind of, you know, you know, you don't get to read that. But my imagination, sometimes I think, I wonder if they had a go. <clears throat> Stop. <laughs> Calm down. And nothing happened. Uh, come on, Peter, you're the best at this. <laughs> you're normally the faith man. Come on. Oh, we won't go to Thomas. He doubts too much. <laughs> come on. I wonder if they had a go. I wonder sometimes whether we have a go. Whether we try and work up faith. If we could just believe just a little bit more. If we, It must be me. It must be I'm doubting again. That's why the storm is still going. It's my doubt. But when they went to Jesus, all it took was three little words. And that's all we need. It's just one word from the king. It changes everything. Or three words into a situation. We can't work faith up. We have to go to the giver of faith and life. And when he speaks, faith resides. Just three little words. Faith is a gift. It it can't be worked up. You you know, just, just think about if you were in control of faith, what would you have changed already? Who would you have healed? What mountain would you have moved? It's so potent. It's so incredibly powerful. Could we be trusted with it? To be down to our own devices. Just questions I have around that. Faith. Is a gift. In Ephesians 2 it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's a gift. 
Faith to live this Christian life is a gift from God. You cannot do it on your own. You can have a good go. And you can look good. But you'll get sick of looking good and want the real stuff. And you have to go to him to get it. Romans says to everyone is given a measure of faith. And even that raises questions with me. Just a measure? Uh, does that mean somebody's got more of a measure than my measure? I, I don't know. I haven't got loads of answers. I have more questions, trust me, now than I ever did. To another, in, in Corinthians 12, in, in the gifts chapter in Corinthians of all the spiritual gifts that are given, the gift of faith. Now that speaks to me of a, a, and a gift for a specific moment, almost a different type of faith, to see a miracle. To see that mountain moved. But again, that's only my musings. And then we read tons of scriptures in Romans. Um, that if we don't live by faith, it's by sin. If it's not faith, it said it's it's sin. So then you question, am I really living by faith? Because I don't, I don't want to sin. But again in Romans it says, in Romans one uh, seventeen, the righteous shall live by faith. It's a... Um, uh, he quotes out of Habakkuk for that. Romans ten seventeen, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes when we hear what God says, when we get it from Him. Faith is a gift. Some of the uh, my great heroes of faith, when I was a young Christian in my late teens and early 20s, I read lots of books around heroes of, of faith. Smith Wigglesworth was one of my favorites, apostle of faith. I loved reading about the miracles that he committed, uh, committed or conducted. <laughs> uh, but only he was a man of... Yes, he was, yeah. And, um, I, you know, some of them are just amazing because they were outlandish. One story of a woman brought him on a bed, basically dying with cancer, stomach cancer, and he walked up and hit her in the stomach. Everybody, it's reported, winced. Because, and they, you know, they had a go at him. There and then, how day, and he went, He's, she's healed. He didn't speak with H's. And, um, and the cancer fell off the bed trolley or whatever on the floor and she was healed. 
another woman he picked up. She was dead, picked up, put her against the wall, told her to live, walked away, and she walked behind him. His wife died. He stayed with her, prayed for her, raised her from the dead, and she said, Smith, let me go. And laid back down and died again. These are some of the stories of faith that I wanted to be part of and still do. I've tried walking on water. I'm not very good at it. <laughs> I sometimes try running over it. <laughs> See how far I can get. It's, I, <laughs> in, in Hebrews 11, you read that great chapter on faith and the heroes of faith. And I look at it and one name and one person grabs me. Rahab, the prostitute, is in amongst Moses, Joseph, Jacob, Daniel, David, Rahab, the prostitute, who for some reason God chose in Jericho to give some faith to. Another the highfalutin mayor of the city or the dignitaries. The woman of the night. The prostitute. The lowest of the low, perhaps. <laughs> Jesus comes along and goes, oh, have some faith. This dynamic faith will save you when the city. She didn't. I don't know whether she knew. Maybe she just thought, oh, here's two blokes to hide. You know, maybe they'll pay me tonight. And I'll, I don't know what she thought. What you think when you read that story. Why did they go there? You know, and yet somehow she saw something. Did she think it was belief and faith at the time? I don't know. But she's named as a woman of faith. And then Jesus, when he comes, who, who does he go to and give faith to? Mary Magdalene. She thought she might be a prostitute too. The woman with the alabaster jar who they despised but he went oh no look at her faith he God showed himself way back of what his heart was like so it doesn't matter what you're going through what rubbish we've all been through in our lives whether you Jesus comes along and gives us a bit of faith. 
to believe, may not even look like faith at the time, to walk through some of the things that you're walking through. But then when you look back, oh, I actually, that's possibly going to be named in Hebrews 11, as I walked in faith. You might not even know that. So, um, we need to use our gifts, our, what Jesus says to us. Just like Rahab did, in the simple things, in the going to work, in the staying at the home. That's how we'll grow into big people, is to act. You know, some of our key questions, the key discipleship life questions for us have been, what's God saying to you? And what are you doing about it? You know, um, since Neil died, Tracy has been going through some of his stuff. And we've had the privilege of her sending us photos and uh, uh, of different things and sharing with us. And she's just given me a permission to just share you, with you a couple of things. So one of those is that every two hours on his phone... An alarm goes off every two hours. And these questions pop up. What's God saying to you? And what are you going to do about it? Every two hours. Have you turned the alarm off yet? It was a reminder to him to do that. She then came across notes for meetings that he is preparing for business meetings. And right at the top, he's put, what is God saying to you? She sent me something else the other week that really made me cry at work. It's a photo of his prayer diary. On a Monday, he prays for the leaders. Pray for the leaders of the church. And right next to that is Sim and Ruth. So I'm like... You know, I'm at work with tears rolling down my face of somebody using their faith. I find that incredible and humbling and moving all at the same time. You know, for us, uh, losing Neil and having to walk through some difficult things, for uh, you know, in the midst of some joyful things, has been really tough. So we've had two weddings, but we've also seen that our son's marriage has failed and he's walking through a divorce. Now for us, that's just incredibly painful. And so I don't, I don't know sometimes whether I'm walking in faith in that. We're seeking to do the right thing and, and respond the right way or the way we think's right. But maybe it'll be five years' time when we look back and go, oh yeah, that's faith. I, uh, 
for the first time in a very long time, I have been put on a, um, a set salary. And that salary, um, uh, before being in sales and running your own business, means that sometimes you, it fluctuates. <laughs> Some people chuckling and nodding their heads. And, um, and so that's been uh, our experience for a, lo- a long time. And uh, so uh, I'm quite a conservative person, probably more risky now, but I-, I like to understand what's coming and going out. And so I do budgets and stuff like that for home. And so I, I went back to write a budget based on what I know now. And I came across a budget from the 1st of September 2010 when I was just moving, going to leave a job with some security into a job with no salary, um, starting my own uh, business, having to invest my redundancy money um, and take out a loan to look after us. And um, at the end of the year, I was going to be in the red. Uh, I'm quite conservative and I overestimate things, but... You know, that's. I looked at it and went, Ooh. and um, do you know we never went in the red? So I look back now and go, oh, that decision back in 2010 must have had some faith in it. You, yeah, I'm. I'm not sure I could have said to you then, oh, that's. It's definitely faith. I'm. I'm out. I did the best decision that we could make at the time in the circumstances and before God. Now I look back and go, oh, there must have been some faith in that. In this season, one of the things that God has been speaking to me about and that I have been doing is um, using one of the spiritual gifts. So um, I, I read a prayer at Neil's uh, funeral uh, cremation service, which talked about how can I pray? Are they tears? Are they groans? Are they knots in your stomach or cold sweats at night? Um, because I, I didn't know how to pray in that season or what to pray for. And there's much going on in our lives at the moment that I have no idea how to pray about. And so God has been speaking to me about speaking in tongues. And speaking in tongues is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit given to us for help. And um, next slide. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14 says, Pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Um, A bit bit on it says... um, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. You like my little cartoon, don't you? I liked my little cartoon. Shabba and all that. And, uh, but Paul writes here that when you speak in tongues, you build yourself up. And I needed building up in God. So I... I'm speaking to, in tongues quite a lot at the moment. All the way to work, when I walk through town to my 
place of work, sometimes at work. They speak, think I speak in tongues a lot at work anyway. But now, now, speaking in tongues is either a, can be a language that we, or some people in the earth would understand, or it's a heavenly language. And um, it's not necessarily something we, we do a lot. But God is speaking to me about it. Paul says a bit further on, I think it's verse 18. He says this, I speak in tongues more than you all. Rodney will tell you what he's really saying there in the Greek is more than you all put together. So you lot, if Paul was here, the amount you speak in tongues, he does it more than you all added together. He thought it was really important. He needed a lot of building up. I need a lot of building up. So I know that that's, for me, really important. You know, in, in the Azusa Street Revival back in 1904, 5, around that kind of time, that was the first outpouring. They just sat in a meeting and they all started speaking in tongues. Nobody really understood what was being said. It wasn't a theological issue to them at the moment. It might be for us. And we might have to get over that a little bit. And just learn to use our gift. God doesn't take them away, but we can choose to go, I'm not doing that. Partly because we don't understand it or we're afraid of offence. But there's something I think God wants to do in us is just free us again. Because otherwise we're becoming religious. And we might, you know, it's okay to speak in tongues. In fact, it's really good. It's really helped me. So I want to encourage us to do that, to build us up. Now, it's in the context of pursuing love. That's what Paul says, pursue love. But also desire spiritual gifts. The previous chapter, you know... um, It says, faith, hope, and love remain. We can have all these other gifts. Faith, hope, and love remain. We have to do it out of a context of love. Love for him. Love for one another. We're not about offending one another. But we must pursue those gifts. And I, I don't know where you are on that, whether you're freaked out by tongues. Um... Or you've never had a go. You can. You can even do it under the duvet at night when nobody else, <laughs> when, you don't, when you don't look so stupid or feel so stupid. But it's not stupid. It builds you up. In God, if Paul needed to do it, why don't we do it? I'm just telling you it helped me it's helping me at the moment and it's building me up in god i don't understand how it's a mystery it's an absolute mystery to me but it's helping me so in short really faith and these gifts are given to us by god It comes by listening to Jesus. You cannot get it at conferences, 
Sunday morning. Can't get it here. Can't get it through me. You have to go one place. You have to wake him up in the boat. Could you just speak three little words, Jesus? Just three little words. Just peace, be still. And everything changed. That's where we have to go. We have to go to Jesus. Whatever your need, whatever your circumstances, whatever you're going through, whatever you need in terms of faith, you have to go to him. And the other thing, just to help, might be in this season, whatever, is to just spend some time speaking in tongues. Give it a go. We're going to respond. Tom's going to come and play, I think, I hope. And I I would like us to take a moment in these last couple of minutes to... um, We've got a ministry team. And if you want to um, respond... If you don't speak in tongues and you'd like to, our ministry team are amazing at helping people in that in that area alright they'll just pray for you it comes from him it doesn't come from the ministry team alright it comes from Jesus but it's a help it's a gift that he wants to give to the church in, in Corinthians it says if we if we spoke in tongues it's a sign to unbelievers that says to me we're meant to speak in tongues in front of unbelievers that's what I'm freaked out about <laughs> If we prophesy in with unbelievers, it says it fall, they'll fall on their knees and come to him. So let's let's open our hearts. If God's speaking to you, you might be a little bit nervous. That's okay. Nerves, I don't mind. Fear, we don't want fear, but nerves are okay. Come out. Let's pray and let's see what God does. We're not going to try and make you speak in tongues. All right. Not going to try and do that at all. Not going to give you lines to say or anything. Just going to encourage you and ask Jesus to come and speak into your heart. If you need prayer for anything else, for healing, we'll pray for you. But we know where we've got to go for that. The faith comes from him. We're not going to work it up. Because we can't. It's a gift.